Welcome to Stemming in Stilettos with Dr. Tasha, a podcast for and about women of color in STEM. These women are brave, beautiful, and brilliant. Their stories deserve and need to be heard. Their voice strong, their message clear, their experiences priceless. Now let's welcome this wonderful winning woman of color to the show. And welcome to Stimulus to Let Us with Dr. Tasha. And we are starting off the new year strong. I could not wait to get this guest on my show. And as you guys know, I'm not above stalking people. And I stalked. <laughs> as I normally do, um, I'm not above it. So uh Shahira Wooten. Um, I stalked her on, on LinkedIn as I like I said, I do. Um I answered, I, I, I talked to her on LinkedIn. I put it, put my request in and she finally said yes. So um, thank you for finally answering my request. Oh, absolutely. I'm so excited. <laughs> Y'all, when I tell you I stalked her, I did. I'm, I'm, there's no shame in my game for real. There's real. I probably should be shamed. But I'm not. No, you're good. You're <laughs> perfect. It was perfect. Thank you. <laughs> good, good. I'm like I said. I am. I am so happy that you agreed to come on. Let me tell y'all. So she is going to. She's going to tell us her her STEM story. But she's going to give us some advice to start off 2024. I can't even. Let me tell you. I, she's going to give me advice. This is for me. This is not even. This is not even for y'all. This is for me. <laughs> It it's yeah, really yeah. is for me. It's for me. Yeah. And if y'all can benefit, then so be it. But it's really for me. Right, right. There you go. It's really for me. So tell us, welcome for the welcome to the show, first off. But yes. tell us your STEM story. Yes, yes. First of all, I just want to tell you thank you for having me on here and thank you for, you know, getting in touch. I know you're using stalking and all that, but yeah, I'm just so glad that you, you were persistent, right? <laughs> and, um, and I'm here today. So, so that, that I want to get that out the way. I'm excited to share. So, um, so yeah, my name is Shahara Wooten and I'm a certified financial planner, but we're going to go back into my STEM story. And honestly, I'm going to actually take us back to third grade. Mm, um, yes. so yeah, let's take you back to third grade. When I was in third grade, I started out the year I, I was going to a new school. It was, um, a Christian school. And, um, before that, I just thought I was dumb. Like, I just didn't think I was smart. I couldn't, I couldn't read. I couldn't, you know, do things that I felt you should be able to do, like tell time, um, you know, add, subtract, just do things. And, and, Somehow I knew that I should know this, but I still didn't know this, you know? So my teachers, they were, you know, would let me know um, that, you know, tell my mom something might be wrong, et cetera. So she was trying to figure it out. And that's when I went to this particular school in third grade. And actually my behavior wasn't good. And that's how I got noticed because what? I was, yeah, so I was, you know, being a, you know, I was misbehaving, being a bad student and, you know, and, um, you know, it was a Christian school. And I remember that on the first day 
um, at the end of the, at the end of the day, we had to do benediction. And I wasn't familiar with benediction. So mm-hmm. uh, we took our chairs, put it on top of the table and we're saying the benediction and my eyes were open. And I guess I was just looking around. And uh, that's when the teacher called me out. And so from that point forward, you know, I would get in trouble and I would get called out. And I was like, I didn't know. I didn't know you're supposed to close your eyes. I didn't know that this is what we were doing. And um, and then there were other things that, you know, and at that time they had the little rulers. So I'll get my little shins, you know, hit oh, or whatever. No, not hit the Oh yeah, no. I would get hit in the shin. Woo. Yeah. So with a ruler, but um, you know, so I got a little fed up with it. And I told my mom, like, I feel like I'm being called out. I feel like, you know, she's she's uh treating me, mistreating me. So she had a conversation. Um, they came to the understanding that I was behind in school. And from that point forward, you know, she ended up spending time with me after school. I can't remember how long this was, but I do remember the first day, you know, she was from the Bahamas. And so Mm -hmm. she had a strong accent. And the first day I'm sitting right next to her behind her big desk and I'm in my little chair as an eight year old and looking up at her. And she's just like, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. You ought to be ashamed in her Bahamian accent um, while she was teaching me how to read. And so every day she would teach me how to read. And from that point forward, um, my confidence level, everything in schooling uh, just really soared. And so I started off in the lowest reading level and then moved up um, to the highest reading level. And then um, with math, she taught us how to do math. And so I loved it. I found out I was really good at it, you know, so I caught up, you know, uh, you know, that year in third grade, I caught up to everybody and excelled. And so from that point forward, I really I just enjoyed math and it did come. It came easy. But I was also a type of child that I was almost like a compass for my mom. So when we would go out and travel, I would you know, she would get lost. I would be able to somehow figure it out how to get back home. And that was at a very young age, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old. And so she would always call me her navigator. I love putting things together and, you know, just doing things. And so that's a part of my STEM story. And then in high school, because I was good at math and, and I, I said, you know, well, maybe I should check out, you know, being a CPA. So I remember shadowing a CPA and I was bored out of my mind <laughs> and I was like, I am not going to be a CPA. That is, that's not it. That's and not I had it. heard about it. Right. That's not it. And I heard about it because I knew my dad was good at math and my mom was good at numbers too. Um, I don't know like her math level, but I knew she, she's good at math um, mm. or at numbers and stuff. And so that's why I was kind of gearing towards that. My dad was kind of, he was in accounting. So that's why I started there. And mm. then Somehow, and I can't really tell you how, but engineering became the thing. So I knew like when I graduated from high school, I was like, okay, I'm going to be an engineer. And then the summer between being in high school and going to, um, I went to The Ohio State University. Um, I got an internship. I was in a pre-college engineering program, um, a minority college engineering program. And so that helped me, you know, get skill sets, get ready for for college and, and the curriculum and the rigor. And then uh, my internship was with IBM. So it was like a six week internship in Rochester, Minnesota, right before I started college. 
And when I was um, walking through getting a tour of IBM, I remember seeing a place, a little area where they said, oh, this is where we design chips. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, what, um, you know, what engineering background? And at that time, I didn't know to say engineering discipline. What what type of engineer does this? That, oh, electrical engineer. So that's why I said, okay, I'll be an electrical engineer. And so, um, so that's what I just went, I, you know, started out freshman year and uh, spent the next five years and graduated with electrical yeah. and computer engineering. And so that that's how it all started. And, um, and then I continued to work in that and, and worked in like the power side of electrical engineering, and then eventually changed careers, uh, decided to go that route and, and, you know, leave engineering completely and go to financial services. Um, but it, yeah, that was a part of my journey to well, now, get down today. <laughs> how, does, how does, how do you make the switch? So like, what was the impetus for you to make the switch from engineering to like financial services? Like, I mean, and maybe there was just like, you know what, mm, this ain't it. Uh, I see this thing over here or or was there like a pull or a call or like what was what was that? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, so I will say throughout college, I just felt like even though I was good at math and somewhat good at science, I didn't feel like that was going to be the thing I was going to do forever. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't fully have a passion about it. I just felt like this was a good career to have, um, given that I was good at these things, but I don't know that it was fully my passion. And so, um, but, but I'm one of those that I like to, when I start something, I like to finish it. Yeah. So I, um, you know, I, I said, okay, I'm gonna finish this. I'm gonna get this degree. I don't know. I don't think I'm, I don't see myself doing this for the rest of my life, but we're going to figure this out. So when I was in, um, college or when I started my first job, it just had to be in a in an area of electrical engineering that I wasn't interested in, which was power. Um, the area that I was interested in was like chip design and all these different things. But for some reason, I didn't go that route because, well, while I was in college, I got a scholarship um, to this company that focused on power. They gave me an internship, and I just I just really literally took the path of least resistance because it was just like, well, I got the internship, I've got the scholarship. Let me just see this through. Um, so when I was, um, you know, working and, and working for the company because they did offer me a full time role, I started working for them, and I was just like, wow, what do I? really want to be when I grow up. I'm going to have to figure this out. Right. right. <laughs> um, you know, and so I just ended up um I remember when I was living in Philadelphia working, I was in their sales, technical sales and marketing program and um and I remember going to an Urban League young professional meeting. And I was like 25 years old and and I remember it was a financial empowerment meeting and I went to this meeting and there were insurance agents, there were financial advisors, all types of folks that could help with financial empowerment. And it was just one big room, tables of people and vending tables. And I walk up to the financial uh, advisor and I tell him it was it was at a big national bank. And I I was just like, I've never met a financial advisor. Let me just let, let me say something. I know they're going to help with retirement. So I said, I'm 25. My name is Shahira and I want to retire by 30. What can you do basically? (laughs) And um, he was just like, you could tell deer in the headlights, like, okay, that's, 
that's pretty aggressive. And so <laughs> we ended up meeting up in Center City, Philly at the at his office um, at this huge bank, like I shared. I come back home with some paperwork and then months pass and I'm like, did I open an account? Did we do anything? Like, I don't even understand like what happened. And um, come to find out, we really, we didn't open anything. I don't know. I honestly, to this day, don't know what happened with that, but I knew that I needed to take control. And I understood that there was still a lot of stuff I didn't understand about my finances. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wow, you know, I want to learn this. I'm very interested in it. There were I had heard about a financial engineering degree, um, like to get a master's when I was in college. So there were some subtle hints dropped, I feel like, towards the end. Um, and it wasn't until hindsight that I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of heard. And I kind of I think I was a little bit interested in these things and intrigued, you know. Right. And um, and so then I, I ended up learning everything I could for my own personal finances and then from there, I read um, like what color is your parachute to help me figure out, well, what do I, again, what do I want to be when I grow up? And so right. I worked through some exercises and financial advising and services came out on top. And then um, I read Purpose Driven Life and then prayer and just all of those things. That combination was when I finally decided to launch out and see, you know, how would this work? And I ended up um, interviewing with companies while I was working, you know, at my um, sales engineering role and finally, you know, found an opportunity. And once that opportunity opened up, I jumped on over there and got into the side of the business that we would call the wholesaling side. So really working with um, I was working with financial advisors and then finally um, moved on to, you know, to um, work with a company that, you know, allowed me to build up my own, you know, book of business as a financial planner, financial advisor. And then I started and then decided to launch out fully as an entrepreneur and start my own financial planning firm. So all of that was just a course of events that happened. And, and it's been over 19 years that I've been, um, you know, that I've changed careers, but, uh, but yeah, it was just a lot of little factors that caused me to, to take that next step and decide to change careers totally. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, so, well, I mean, the good thing is that you started with yourself. So, so it's like you yeah. practiced, you, you practiced on yourself, huh? You know, yeah, you know, just learning, and I was just so intrigued. And, um, you know, given that my dad was already in like taxes and things like that, it was just like, yeah, it was just like, I want to be able to, you know, do this, but I'm a teacher by, you know, just by, um, just my inner self. I just love teaching. So it was just like, wow, I'm learning all this stuff. I want to show other people how to do it. And, so if they do come up to me like, hey, I'm 25 and I'm going to retire by 30, I can help them and help them figure out like, is that realistic or is there something else going on? Like, do you just don't like what you're doing in life? Like, And that was more so what was going on with me. It was just I wasn't in my purpose. You know, I wasn't yeah. in my passion and the things that I really enjoyed. And so I'm trying to find a way out. And so for me, it, the quickest way out, I thought, was retire. Let me retire as quickly as possible. And now that's not even where my mind is, you know, because I know that I can um, continue to help people and my thoughts on retirement are completely different now. So, so it's been a, been a wonderful journey. So I, I think 
oh, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I, I don't even know if I want to talk about purpose or if I want to just jump right into the whole financial. I like, I don't know, I don't know where I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Um, let's start with purpose. Like, cause I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people have that question, like, how do you know if you're walking in your purpose? I think I want to mm-hmm. talk about that, you know, like what does it feel like? Yeah. Um, yeah. What yeah. does it feel like? Yeah. Well, it feels like it feels like I'm not that 25 year old that was like, get me out of here. I hate what I'm doing. Lord, help me. How did I get in this environment? Like it just it feels like you take ownership of, you know, of your life and you really start to um, what do we call that? Um kind of like help yourself, so to speak, like you really start to say, okay, what is it that I want out of life? How do I envision my life looking? And then, okay, if that's what the way that I want it to look, then how do I go back in time or just go back, not even back in time, but just go back to see like, what are the things I can do to make my life look like what I want it to look like and not be like a victim or just subject to Oh man, I, you know, I, I think it, it, I'm saying it looks like being unstuck, you know? So I felt stuck. I felt like, man, I'm in this and I enjoyed, you know, um, the camaraderie of getting, getting the degree and all of that. I was really active in Nesby and all that, but I just was like, but this isn't what I ultimately want. And, and you got to understand, like, what do you want and how yeah. me, it was about, I was really annoyed that I didn't know a whole lot about finances. Um, I didn't know about the emergency fund, about credit and all that. And that's not my angle now. It's not just about credit and things, but those are kind of like the basic foundational things I didn't know about as I'm starting to adult. And I'm like, oh, why didn't anybody teach us this in school? So really just finding your passion and finding like, first of all, like, how do I feel about what I'm doing? and then finding, you know, what is it that really excites me? What is it that I remember at the time our pastor would ask us, you know, for one, what is it? Ask yourself, what is it that excites you? What is it that makes you angry? Mm. Think about that, like write about that, figure that out. Like if that makes, if something makes you angry, that might be something that you can really change. You can be the agent of change for that. Yeah. Um, so those are the the things that, you know, I went through. And then also the process for me praying and asking God, like, hmm, what did you make me for? What did you design me to be on this earth for? And I felt like it was more than me going around to different contractors and selling circuit breakers and things like that. <laughs> like I just for me, it just was not it was not what I saw myself doing. I looked at the older sales engineers. And even, even when I was interning, I looked at us, you know, and I know people love the oscilloscope and stuff, but I remember sitting there watching, you know, observing in my internships. And I was like, I don't think this is for me. Like I needed to be out and about more. I was supposed to be talking to people and chatting. And so I was more, I was, I was social, um, all the, you know, everybody knew me at the plant, you know, and then me being, um, the young black, you know, young black, young lady, they knew who I was, you know, like I stood out and that type of thing. And so 
Um, so that made it fun and 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 it was the social aspect that I enjoyed, you know. And so I think that's why also in my internships, they were more geared towards sales rather than um, real strict engineering as well. So it was interesting to me when you look back on it, how God was kind of orchestrating and, and giving me my path and, and you know, right. helping me build up my story. <laughs> well, I mean, there, I think about when, when, when I think about people who are, who are walking in their purpose, you almost, it's almost like other people can see it, right? Yeah. I mean, because they walk it, they talk it, they breathe it. It is synonymous with like who that person is. And so you don't have to guess, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. you don't have to guess like, oh, OK, yeah. that's like, it makes, that's, you know, it makes sense. You're like, oh, right. right. So, yes. Um, yeah. You know, it's just like it's it, they breathe it. So I'm like, OK. Um, yeah. And I would say, too, like. Not letting people box you in and and kind of um, typecast you, you know. True. And so, you know, that's been part of my thing was like as a you know a young person. Oh, you're good at math. You're good at this. These are the things you should do. But I liked a lot of other stuff too. And so it was like, well, how can I incorporate all those other things? Well, that's true because I mean, people people are not a monolith, and that like, and a person isn't one thing right so yes. you can like you can like math and dance right yes <laughs> like and all that's of those, me. Yeah. <laughs> right like it's and like it's just because I like you know I like trucks doesn't mean that I don't want to wear a dress it's like <laughs> right you know we're not yeah. just one thing you know yeah. and yeah yeah and so okay. it's, it, it, it yeah the, it, people try to put you in a box and it's like, you cannot move from here. And it's like, no, no, no. Yeah. That's your box that you want to put me in. Exactly. And, and it's like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to be in your box. Like, I, that's no, work, so. not at all. Not at all. <laughs> okay. Question for you. And it might be, maybe this is a box. I don't know. Um, but what is it? What is the number one financial mistake people made? That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, I think there's a lot of, you know, financial mistakes, but the one that just pops up in my head right away right now is that, you know, in about three minutes or so, you can create a legacy for your family. It doesn't take long to go through all of your accounts and go in and do an audit and make sure you have a beneficiary on all your accounts. So um, many people, there's so many people that don't have that. Um, I don't have the statistic. I, I post a lot on LinkedIn, and so I have all that in in my in my write up. But it only take it only takes a few minutes to go in, check your 401k, check your IRA, check your um, your HSA account, go in, make sure that you have a beneficiary, whether you're single or not. And I know a lot of single people will just leave it blank, but, you know, make sure because those are the things that help us to pass on wealth. Um, another thing with that is look at your checking, look at your savings accounts. Um, a checking account can have what they call payable on death. And so you can put a beneficiary on your checking account. You can put a beneficiary on your savings account. And that's called um, payable on death. Your brokerage accounts, 
These are accounts that don't typically have a beneficiary. So the only way you get one is if your financial planner says, hey, we need to put one on here. Or you go and you talk to the bank and you say, hey, um, I listened to this podcast. I don't remember the term, but can you put a beneficiary on my savings account or my checking account? And again, those are called payable on death. The brokerage account is called uh, transfer transfer on death. So if we're working on creating a legacy, that is a really, really easy, small step that you can take today to make sure that you are creating a legacy for generations to come. Get out of here. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing it down because I don't think I have that. At least I know I don't have it on my checking and savings account for sure. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people forget that part. Yeah. Wow. Some of it you can do online and some of it you might just have to call and just ask for the paperwork. It just really depends on the company um, or the bank or the institution. But yeah. And and it doesn't take long. Okay. Question. Another question. Okay. So, and I get this question a lot. I bank with a credit union. And so I guess my question is, are credit unions better than what I would call a regular bank, like a regular, like, um, I don't know any of the other ones, Bank of America, uh, gotcha. you know, or what is it called now? I don't even know. Cause I've, I've been banking with the same so bank many. forever. Yeah. There's so many, Truist, you know, or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not familiar with them, but yeah, but I mean, I think it's a matter of personal preference, really. So I do not, you know, with my clients, I don't gear them a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't say you need to go to a bank or and you need to go specifically to this bank or you need to go here. I usually just work with what they have. And a lot of people, it might be a relationship they had. You know, um, I have all of the above. So personally, I have credit union, I have bank. Um, so I have all of the above. Uh, one of the things, and because I do, I, I didn't always, but but one of the observations I've made thus far with having a bank versus having a credit union is that there's some things that I can't always do with a credit union. So I would say, you know, look at what do they have? What are their capabilities with technology? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very big on technology. I love automation. I love being able to do different things. And it's more so, you know, me having a business. So sometimes with the business, if you own, own like a business of, of some sort and you have a business account, um, I've noticed like, oh, my business account at the big bank that I can do all kinds of stuff and I have no limitations. I can do all this. Whereas I can't even do that. Like, you know, I have like a credit union where I have um, a business account and I can't zell. And I'm just like, wow, you know, and I've worked with other, um, for instance, I have a virtual assistant and I would love to send him an electronic payment, but um, but I send him a paper check uh, to pay him because he doesn't have Zelle or anything that I can do that with. So, so yeah, so I do think that's a personal preference. And, um, and so there's not one right or one wrong, but just in my personal experience, um, I think more so the drawbacks I've seen has been with, with, um, the business account. And I do all in terms of what, how I help people is personal, um, personal finance right. and business finance, but just from me having my own business, you know, I can, I've seen a difference in that regard. But I do enjoy, you know, the fact the low fees with my, um, you yes. know, with credit union, very much so. All of that good stuff. <laughs> so you know, so that it's like 
it's always a trade-off, right? You got to trade off what is going on in your life. What do you prioritize? What do you think is, is truly of value to you? Okay, got it. All right, cool. another question um, is, well, I think I want, right now where we are in the in the world, we're in the United States for people listening. I, I think some of my strongest lis- the listeners are in, um, in Europe and actually Africa. Oh, uh, wow. So, That's so, awesome. Yeah, which is we- weird. And I will tell you that some of my, um, my listeners are kind of skewed. Um, and so we have to get those listeners up. So my listeners between are between the ages of 18 and 25. And then okay. it, it skips and goes to like what I, what I assume are our ages. So if you yes. are not in this age, then I, I, forgive me, but because we skip. I'm Gen X. I'm Gen X. Gen okay, X. good. Because then, because <laughs> then it's us, right? Right. So between so somehow or other, we we're we're skipping. I'm skipping that age between like 20 and 30. Now that that they're not listening to me, <laughs> but but everybody else is listening to me. Um, and so for people who are, um, I really want to want to figure out how, like how we get, um, I feel like we're miss, we are missing, we've, we've missed the boat in terms of sort of following the rules of, of, and maybe, maybe I have it wrong, but I don't think so. I feel like we are bringing up the, the rear in terms of, of, uh, of uh, getting our financial house in order. I feel like I'm just learning stuff that um, like, you know, my 30 year old cousin know, knew, right. Oh, in terms yeah. of like, you know, I mean, like, yeah. I'm like, I'm so frustrated because I feel like I'm behind in terms of like yeah. getting a will together, um, learning how to just handle finances better. And that has been, so frustrating for me. I'm like, I've got to be better with money. Like I'm like, yeah. And, and I always say at my big age, I really need to know how to manage my money better. Like where it, it, this is so, it's so frustrating to me because it's, yeah. it's like, I should be better at this. And so what are some first steps that a person who is seeking to be better at it um, managing their money better, like it, where should they go? What are some resources they could look up um, even to start budgeting better? Like I'm just trying to help, I'm trying to help myself, but at the same time, I'm trying to help other people who are in the same boat who who want to be better, but they're sort of like, help, <laughs> where to go, who to talk to, What what are what's out there for us? Right. Yeah, no, I hear you. And like I said, I was in that same boat. Um, I was all into it around that 25 year old age, though. So that's might be a little bit I'm finding out that's that was a little bit unique. Um, because, you know, my desire is to help 25 year old Shahara. And um, sometimes I talk to the 25 year olds, and honestly, they may not be ready. Right. right. Um, so that's what I'm finding. And then I find that the 
people who are in their late 30s, 40s, they're like, okay, I have not been doing what I, you know, what I thought I should be doing. I've been making good money. um, But I'm 41. And where is it? You know, like, you know, and And it's it's like, I got to get this together. Yes, yes. And so that is um, what I'm realizing, because in my heart of hearts, I'm like, I want to help 25 year old Shahara. I want her. You know, when I when I was coming up to that guy and I was like, hey, I want to retire by 25. I wanted him to show me I really did. Um, And so, you know, but now I'm realizing, too, there are a few that want that solution. But there's people who are really way more eager in that late 30, 40 range. And so the thing that I would tell them to do, first of all, I commend you. Why, you know, first is that you want to learn, you want to grow, you want to have that transformation so that you can have financial security. And um, one of the things I tell people is, for one, I, I obviously I have you know my LinkedIn and all that, so I do provide resources from that angle. Um, I did write a book, so um, so I'll share that too. Uh, I didn't realize I had the blurred background. I think I'm going to take this off. I didn't realize I had the blurred background. Let me change that. Um, But I'll share the book too, because in this, I do talk about, it's called In the Meantime, Own Your Financial Narrative. So I wrote a whole book about it. Okay. So there's some pages in here and um, I call it like, I broke it out into a four, uh, basically just four frameworks. So build, live, save, and give. So I'm a very big proponent of understanding your cash flow. So understand what money is going in and out. And I can share a link to the tools and that type of thing too uh, here. And basically that's the key. Uh, That's the foundation. If you don't know where your money is going and you feel like, if you feel any like guilt or shame, like, oh, I just bought something and I feel bad about it. I want people to have a feeling of empowerment when they spend as also as well as when they save. So, um, you know, so I don't want people to feel like I'm not able to buy anything or I'm not able to do anything. I want you to still be able to live a life that you you dream of like now um, within a certain limit, but you know, still living a life, you're still living life, but then also saving for your future self as well. So cash flow is huge. Understanding your net worth, you know, understanding what is your assets minus your liabilities. So that is something you should have readily available and know what that is. So you should be able to pull that up. I provide those kind of tools when I work with people to be able to do that. And then monitoring, you know, constantly monitoring. Um, Another thing is to automate. So if you find that, gosh, I don't, I never feel like I have enough saved or I'm never, you know, am I really saving enough? Just like most of us are participating in a 401k, I would say. Um, And just like it's automatically and you don't even know, you don't even think about it. You should be, you know, saving towards your goals, like midterm goals, things that you want to do 10, 15 years from now. You may not even know what that is, but you should have like a bucket of money just for that. Um, just to give yourself options and choices. And and then also when I say um, the give part of things is I'm a very big proponent, just more well-rounded, holistic approach. And I do believe giving and being philanthropic and not thinking that, 
oh, I got to be like a Bill Gates or I've got to be a Michelle Obama before I can start being philanthropic. Um, but you can be philanthropic now. So finding a way to automate and, and be able to save or donate to something. And, and it could be your time, talent or treasure, but it's something about also just giving a portion of your funds as well. Right. Um, and incorporating that as a part of your overall plan. So those um, those are some things that I would recommend. Uh, definitely recommend you know the 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 book. There's all kinds of books out there, like the Behavior Gap by Carl Richards. Um, you know, there's there's I'm trying to think right now. I'm really into uh, these self help books and just for my business and stuff. Um, but, but, you know, but there's so many really good, you know, books out there to read, uh, some of the basics, uh, foundational things that I read was like think and grow rich. Yeah. Thought that was a powerful book. Um, millionaire mind felt that was a powerful book. I really enjoyed, um, we should all be millionaires by Rachel Rogers. So I think those are some really good resources to start to get your mindset right. And so, um, so what I do, I do per particularly work mostly with Black women in STEM that just are describing what you just described. And so I do have a community where we have the coaching and the curriculum, as well as the, um, you know, the, the opportunity to share and, 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 and have that community aspect. So, so, um, so that's another thing too, is really getting in a group of like-minded people and they're all trying to go further and trying yeah. to grow as well. So, well, I mean, right. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't, it, it, it's, it's helpful when you have other people who are go headed in the same direction. So then that way they can be like, come on girl. Like, no, no. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Yes. You gotta come with me. Right. So right. there's something about that. Yeah. There really is. It's just power. There's power in community power in having somebody to just hold you accountable, you know, and um, if you said that's what you're going to do, let's do it, you know, and then now we can start to see results and no pressure, but, um, but, you know, but accountability is what Correct. we're looking at. Yes. Yeah. No pressure, but accountability. I love yes. that. I'm actually yes. probably going to write that on my little board over here. I know. I was thinking, okay, I'm going to have to put that as a nice <laughs> little quote. <laughs> It's no pressure, but accountability. Accountability. <laughs> right. No pressure, dot, 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 but accountability. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's right. We just coined that today. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love I it. I see it on the LinkedIn post. I'd be like, I know where that came yes, from. Yes, <laughs> where that came from. I was on her show. And because as it was coming out, I was like, uh oh, this is about to be, <laughs> this is about to be good. <laughs> That's right. But I mean, but it's so true, though. I mean, yeah. you know, the thing is, is that and and I think that's that's where I've been lately is, you know, I've not been accountable, um, yeah. you know, just sort of been like, you know, well, you know, I'll just I'll just I'll just do yes. um, <clears throat> is my money. Right. I made it, um, you know, and mm -hmm. and I haven't really been accountable. Um, but for me, it's just sort of like, no, I need to be accountable, right? The money, I have to be accountable for where the money is gone. Um, I have to be able to track it. Um, and then, you know, sort of like answer for it. Um, Absolutely. and, and then, and not, you know, and then of course, like you said, I really like when you said not, not there's no guilt around it. Like, you know, yes. there's, there's that too. So, um, but again, 
No, you know, I, just being accountable. So absolutely, um, I really, that's the other thing. So then, um, and then, you know, for me, it's also budgeting. Cause then it's like, I didn't really have one. Like yeah. after you, after you pay your bills, like that's the, that the other thing and do all of the things, put your, you know, tithe offering, um, 401k pay all the stuff. It's just sort of yeah. like, you have these free funds, but, but yeah. it's even, even those you should, you know, I'm like, I, ha- I have to put a name on it. Right. Even yeah. if it's like, you know, going out to going out to to eat, like put a name on those, right? Because yeah, at least you know right. way to do what, it, right? That right, at least there there was there was no name on them. <laughs> I hear you, I hear you. So I do it. I do it a little bit differently. So I don't even I don't do budgeting in the traditional sense. So mm-hmm. okay, um, so yeah. So when I talk about my cash flow planning tool, I use the term cash flow planning. Um, and what we do is like, we budget for, for goals. So if you have an emergency fund, we're going to budget for that. If you have a trip you want to take, I had some people like, Hey, I, I want to make sure I get tattoos. And I'm like, okay, well, you got to budget for that. Um, but then in terms of everyday spending, I really, uh, I have two buckets that I recommend, and then I help people figure out what that spending number is that they can spend. And in that bucket, it it can include entertainment, dining out, gifts. It can include a lot of different things. And what I've come to realize is people are not budgeting and they're not tracking. Mm. So it sounds like a wonderful thing to do. And if if you're, you know, if anybody in the audience, if you're the person that loves your spreadsheets and you do all that good stuff, keep doing it. But a majority of Americans are not doing it. So mm-hmm. I'm meeting Americans. I'm meeting people where they're at. Um, they're busy. They're not doing it. And I'm not trying to hold that over their head. So I give them a system on, OK, this is it's almost like a almost like an allowance. Like this is what you can spend every week and you can use it on anything. You can use it on dining out, but, you know, entertainment, all your bills, like you talked about the tithe and all the, you know, utilities and uh, your mortgage, your rent, that's all taken care of. But now this is the number where you're going to be out and about hanging out with friends doing, you know, and this is all you get every week. And I found that majority of the people that do that have taken on that system, they're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize I had this much money left over. Mm. Then from there, we're able to take that money that's left over and we're allowed to put it towards any other goals or, you know, paying down debt or um, all those budgeting things that I mentioned where we're going to budget for your emergency fund or your travel fund or your, you know, like the lady, she had the tattoo fund or or maybe you have a dog and you want to be able to not have a surprise when if they get sick, God forbid, or something like that, then we're going to have an account for that. Wow. So we just we just create different um, different accounts and various things, but it, it really helps people to compartmentalize and not feel guilty that they didn't have two hundred dollars in dining, you know, in their dining out budget, mm-hmm. and they spent all the money. Like we don't even do that. I don't do that. Um, love. So, I love this. Okay. Yeah. So so I'll be I'll be hitting you up off the side. Off yeah, the side. yeah, yeah. So we yeah. I, I told y'all, I told the audience that it was for me. It was for me. I told, I told them it was for right. me. Yeah, was, we're trying to free people, you know, not, not have you be you have like, freed me for real. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> I just know life be life and right. And so we just 
we, you know, we get busy and things happen and and maybe you were the type that, and I used to be the type I budgeted. I, I had everything written out. I stopped having time for all that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I found a way to still make it work and, um, and be able to, um, you know, just, just make it work basically. And without yeah. having to get into the weeds. Now yeah. there are some people who are very granular yeah. And I used to be that way, even with my clients, but I got feedback and they were just like, this is too granular for me. I can't take it. I don't, I don't do this. I just don't. And there's tools out there that do it. And if you're that person that loves that, please. Right. Go for it. Right. Tools. Yeah. Use those tools. Um, but for me, I, I do it. I do it differently for folks. Got it. Yes. Okay. Free. Free. Yes. Day free, me today, free me today. Okay, all right. So I have two questions for you. Yes. <clears throat> if people are looking for you right now, um, where can they find you? And and if you have anything that's coming up, like to, to tell tell the audience what you know where they can find you. Yes. So the best place to find me right now, just because this is, I'm loving, I love the platform. It's social media, but it's LinkedIn specifically. Yeah. And that's where we found, that's where you found me and everything. We, we right. connected through there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, LinkedIn, I, I post quite a few times every week and um, whether it's inspiring, empowering, or, you know, informative content. So it's, it's a number of things um, that's, that's posted there. So if you're on LinkedIn, follow me there. And um, coming up on January 22nd, that's on Monday, a Monday at 7 p.m., I actually have a workshop. We're going to go deeper into the Build, Live, Save, Give framework. And um, I'm partnering up with, I don't know if you know her, Michelle Hayward. Um, mm-hmm. She has a, a company called Pir- Positive Hire Co. And, and it it uh, really helps Black and Latino, Black and Brown uh, women specifically uh, in the technical engineering fields. And so she's from a construction background, engineering um, background. So um, so that and that my main focus is uh, Black women in STEM. So so I try to find those platforms where I can link up with folks that uh, that connect with that audience. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you want to register, I guess we could put the link somewhere or yeah, we uh, can put it in the show okay. notes. Okay. Put it in the show notes. Yeah. So yeah. If anyone wants to register, uh, that would be January 22nd. So, um, so that's really the next upcoming event, um, that I would recommend, uh, coming to, but if you follow me on LinkedIn, you'll, you'll be able to stay posted on anything after that. Okay. The very, very, very okay. First off, let me say I've enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> so oh, me too, Dr. Tasha. <laughs> okay. Um, last question. <clears throat> and it's the question that of course I ask every single guest on every single show. If you could travel back through time and talk to your younger self, what advice would you give her and why? Yes, yes. You know, this this uh, took me some time, but I feel like in the course of what we've talked about, I would tell her to, as soon as she can, just be grounded in what you want to do. Um, I remember being like, I think I was 11 and I was at a family reunion and I was um, invited to do my cousin's hair. 
And after I did it, she just was flowing. She was like, Shahira did my hair. And everybody was like, oh, it's so nice. So nice. And then my one of my cousins said, you don't want to be a hairstylist, do you? Or, you know, hair, you whatever. Uh, I think it, it wasn't hairstylist at the time, but, um, you know, but that's what they said, right? A hairdresser. That's what they said. And I was just like, oh, is something wrong with being a hairdresser? Like, and for me, um, who knows? I probably could have been the best hairdresser ever, right? And the best cosmetologist. And what what I learned is that it's not just about the money or just about like, is the trade um, considered reputable? But it's more about like, what do you want to do? Right. What what are you what are you drawn to? And um and and who knows what would have happened? But I do think about that. Like, I never pursued that. I mean, I used to do everybody's hair when I was a kid, but I never pursued that because I felt that that wasn't as, you know, high, looked as highly upon. So I just say, you know, as a younger person, just do follow that path that you enjoy, like really explore it because anything you're really, really good at, the money will come, the the success will come and success is personal, mm-hmm. right? So you know, whatever there's, you know, people will think that success is a certain thing, but, um, but it's all personal. And so, you know, it's not just about the money and it's not even just about prestige or what looks the best or, you know, um, all of that, but just, yeah, find what it is you enjoy and don't just take in all the, you know, the noise, I guess, and use that to determine what your next step is in life. Mm, Love that. Ah, I just love that. It's so, and it's so true. I mean, yeah. everybody's path is is different. And so if you find the thing that that is your judge, that's what I like to say. Yeah. You, can't, you can't go, you, you can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. All right. <laughs> that concludes today's episode of Stimming in Stilettos with Dr. Tasha. And I really, Shahara, I really, mm, mm, chef's kiss. thank you for thank you so i mean okay so she um do you have a website i do i do um but i you know for what i'm doing here i prefer to just keep it at linkedin okay yeah yeah. so you guys you can find her on linkedin she you're going to um all of the links um for her book and for the upcoming event will be in the show notes um And catch her on LinkedIn again. Look for the show notes for this show. And um, y'all just, we're going to be okay. <laughs> Let's yes, just, we're going to yes. be okay. <laughs> we're going to be all right. We are. Um, and um, I'm just appreciative. And you guys, as I end every show, you guys take care of yourselves until we meet again. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stemming in Stilettos. Please check out the show notes to get additional information about today's guest or today's topic. You can find the podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find additional information about Dr. Tasha at www.drtasha.com. Thanks again, and don't forget to tune in every Tuesday for the latest episode of Stemming in Stilettos.